rule. People have never hated their own bodies, but they feed and care for them, just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Brilliant. Let me just pray. Father, we ask that your spirit would take these words, written to a culture and a context back then, and by the inspiration and revelation of your spirit, help them to make sense to us in our culture and our context today. Father, we, we recognise this goes beyond our human capabilities to peer into the deep mysteries of your ordering of relationships, your planning of the kingdom, of your truth and light manifesting itself. And so we ask, please, special insight, revelation, understanding, wisdom this evening. For Jesus' sake. Amen. Amen. Uh, I'm going to start off. Um, uh, in, in a degree of fear and, and trembling, uh, um, 23 years, and bless you, those of you that have begun to know us, you're, you're so sweet and encouraging to, to Joe and I, and you sort of, we've seen some of the sort of Facebook posts which are mildly embarrassing about, about this evening and sort of how wonderful we are. Uh, we're honestly, honestly, and I'm not, I'm not just saying this like sort of fishing for a compliment, I, I know my flaws, Joe knows her flaws, we are imperfect people. And the fact that we stand here today and say we've been married for 23 years is testament to God's grace and love and patience uh, kind of which he's, he's kind of needed to give us as we've needed to live and, and operate in that. So it's, uh, you know, we're, we're not, we have not got the perfect marriage, we are not perfect people, we're being perfected and we're aspiring to a perfect marriage. Uh, we're on a journey, as, as all of us are. And I'm conscious that, that, on the journey, I'm conscious that many of us here are not married. And so what we're wanting to do in looking at these passages on husbands and wives, on, on sort of marriage um, here, is to say, okay, well, how can we prepare ourselves for that call to marriage if God calls us into marriage? It, it is a call, it's not a right, um, contrary to what maybe um, is uh, talked about in, in society right at the moment. It, it's not a right, it's a gift. The marriage service talks about marriage being a gift of God in creation. And although it's very unfashionable and actually quite hard to talk about this in our culture in this day and age, celibacy and singleness is also a gift in the Bible, 1 Corinthians 7. Uh, and it, it could well be that God calls us. My, I was reflecting with the guys the other day, my, I have a sister who's 48 and she's single, uh, never been married. And I, I, I wonder whether there's a sense in which she's living out a call to be um, a, a, a sort of aunt and a mother figure and a godmother to all sorts of people. She, she has an amazing ministry. Not, I don't know how she could, would have done what she's done uh, if she'd been married, had her own family. It's an extraordinary thing that she does. Christian lady lives um, in, in Birmingham, been an amazing aunt to our children. Uh, so it, there's a wonderful call, uh, both to singleness to marriage. It's, it's, not a, it's not ours by right. But we want to sort of unpack, if, as we explore that call for each of us, what will that look like? And here we are with um, the Apostle Paul, who's had quite a lot of bad press. Um, some would hold him up as a misogynist, some as sort of sexist. He wasn't married. So how on earth 
<laughs> How on earth are we meant to take any kind of stuff from Paul, written 2,000 years ago, 2,000 miles away? How on earth is this relevant to us today? Uh, and quite a lot of this stuff is quite puzzling. If we try and unpack it in our sort of with a sort of contemporary culture lens on, so let's think about a puzzle. Actually, when you when you tip all the pieces out of a box and you try and make sense of a jigsaw puzzle, what do you do? What do you do first? What are the, what are the first bits you find? Corners. You get the four corner bits. They they kind of self-identify, don't they? Right angle. So there are four corners. Great. Then what do you do? Edges. You puzzlers. Look. So you get the edges. You find all the straight edges, and you make, you join up. So, so what you get is the frame. Yeah? You get the outside, okay? And then you can begin the sort of testing bit of filling in the bit. Bit by bit, you fill it in. So we've got a frame. We can make sense of something that is actually quite confusing, quite frustrating. And so it is with, with this scripture here. And, and what I want to do is, uh, we'll get into sort of practical stuff in a minute, but I, I just want to kind of do, if you like, the theological bit first, to kind of exonerate Paul and scripture, to say scripture makes sense because there is a framework into which we can understand this. But can I illustrate it with this little um, game, first of all? I'm going to read you a paragraph of sentences. Okay? A newspaper is better than a magazine. A seashore is a better place than a street. At first, it's better to run than to walk. You may have to try several times. It takes some skill, but it's easy to learn. Even young children can enjoy it. Birds seldom get too close. One needs lots of room. If there are no complications, it can be very peaceful. A rock will serve as an anchor. If things break loose from it, however, you'll not get a second chance. Hmm. It's deep. <laughs> I don't understand what he's talking about. What on earth was that? Oh, it's a seashore. Yeah, I quite like the sea. I mean, a rock is quite useful for... Uh, try and make sense. Is that coherent? Does it, does it kind of hang together? Does that make really any sense? No, a bit frustrating, really, if you were to try to dig into that. But now let me give you a, a framework. Um, and, and the framework is just one word. And then I'm going to read that paragraph again, exactly the same. But having given you this one word, and suddenly, ah, it falls into place. Here's the word. Kite. A newspaper is better than a magazine. A seashore is a better place than the street. At first, it's better to run than to walk. You may have to try several times. It takes some skill, but it's easy to learn. Even young children can enjoy it. Birds seldom get too close. One needs lots of room. If there are no complications, it can be very peaceful. A rock will serve as an anchor, but if things break loose from it, however, you'll not get a second chance. Ah. <laughs> Okay, so what's the, what's the frame here for this passage? So that we can kind of begin to understand what seems a little bit sort of clunky, a little bit archaic, a little bit uh, yesteryear, or even faintly dangerous, wives submitting to husbands and so on. How do we make sense of this? And the, the key word is the imperative, that's the, the sort of command verb, and the second half of verse 18, bottom left hand of the page. He says, don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Now, just a little explanation. What happens in the Greek is that there are great long sentences, and it's quite hard for us to um, 
to read the Greek if we were to translate it literally. So what we have to do in the, in the English translation is to break up the sentences. And what we miss there is what's going on in the Greek. So Paul has used an imperative, be filled with the Spirit. It's a, it's a command. It's, in fact, it's a present ongoing, as Pat was uh, unpacking last week. It means go on being filled with the Spirit. And, and like we sang um, just early on, Spirit, come like a waterfall, fill my heart till it overflows, drench my soul. Paul, Paul anticipates that. And so the following verbs, which we have as kind of main verbs or even further commands, are actually participles. They're the results of, the, the INGs, the ings of the command. Be filled with the Spirit, and then look, verse 19, speaking to one another. Then it's literally singing songs. Then it's literally verse 20, giving thanks. And then verse 21, submitting. See verse 21 there, submit to one another. It, it reads to us like a fresh command. It isn't. In the Greek, it's just more of that overflow. Spirit, fill me like a waterfall, fill me, fill me, fill me, so that what overflows is singing and thanking and speaking and submitting. The real frame, the real key is be filled with the Spirit. Go on being filled with the Spirit. The Spirit of God, the Spirit of Jesus Christ, the Spirit of life, the Spirit of freedom, the Spirit of power the spirit of humility, the spirit of truth, the spirit of graciousness, of gentleness, of generosity, of exuberance, of joy, the spirit of God. Be filled to overflowing with the spirit of God and guess what will happen? Pouring out of your life will come singing and speaking and thanking and submitting to one another. And if we can grasp that, then some of the other stuff that Paul talks about with regard to relationships in general in the church and marriage in particular begin to feel attainable. I, I, maybe I could reach for that. Submit to one another. This is when it gets really tough, so I hand over to the expert. Yeah, yeah, has all the gags, doesn't he? <laughs> So, if we start from a place where we're looking to, I always think a good place of knowing if we really have grasped something in our very beings is can we explain it to somebody else? So to somebody who doesn't have that framework of being filled with the Spirit, submission, submit, perhaps particularly for women to say to a woman, submit to a man that is going to cause quite a turbulence, I would say. And why is that? I mean, we all love watching Downton Abbey, but we're no longer in that time, are we, of the kind of upstairs, downstairs, servants going round, head down, don't look anyone in the eye. We're not in that stage anymore. The glass ceilings, thankfully, are being sort of smashed all the time for uh, people with disabilities, for women, for um, all, you know, every race um, now living in our, in our country. So why is, the, how, how can we 